All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fair Chase Podcast. We're happy that you're here. We're happy that you're ready to start learning. Before we dive into this episode, you know, we got to talk about a few companies that help make this possible and some of the companies that we back personally because we believe in them. Now, first up is HuntWise. There's a lot of mapping software and apps out there, and the best one that we think is is definitely HuntWise. I mean, they've got so many cool features that some of the other ones don't have, especially this HuntCast that we use every single time before we go out in the woods. Our, I mean, our time is precious. we got to know when's the best time to go out. And instead of searching around on all the, the weather sites and checking out all the details, you can go right to the HuntWise app, put it in your location, and you're getting local wind, local predictions based on where your stands actually are, and it helps you actually choose the best stand so you're not wasting any time and you can get right in there and hunt that buck you're after. Go visit HuntWise.com. So James and I have shot different bows from different manufacturers, and we all, every time we shoot them, we always go back to primes the reason is they're just so shootable and we're just so accurate with them they're super stable and they just came out with the new revix 2 4 and 6 is their brand new bow for 2023 hunting season g5prime.com so next up we got vector arrows this is a company that has just blown me away with their ability to help the customer out. Basically, you don't have to go through and, and find your shaft weight and spine strength charts anymore. You don't gotta deal with any of that. Basically, you go to the website, you put in your draw weight, your draw length, your tip weight, and they basically build the perfect arrow for you. No guessing, no questions. And then you can customize them. They got a bunch of different options. You can shoot the HMR or the ZMR. These things are sweet, and they seriously are some of the best arrows in the industry. And they've got a zero failure guarantee, so if you break it or bend it, they're going to replace it. So if you want to save yourself 10% on that, head over to Vector Custom Shop and use the code TFC10. There's been a lot of hype around tree saddles. Some of you might be hesitant to even try one. These things are awesome. If you ever wanted to try one, Trophy Line Tree Saddles make the best saddles in the industry. They're super comfortable, they're adjustable, and the new Venatic saddle, we were able to get our hands on it a couple months ago and it just seriously blew us away. So if you want to get into the saddle game, go over to trophyline.com. You can save yourself 10%, use the code TFC10, get into the saddle game, it's gonna change the way you hunt. James and I like to go tromp around on public land and one way we're able to do that is to have good footwear. Uh, we used to lug around in, in rubber boots and by the end of the day we'd have sore feet and it'd be, it'd be a mess. But we finally decided to get some good boots and partnered with Lathrop & Sons. These boots are so nice. They fit your foot perfectly. They've got Synergy foot pads that are made to you know, form around your foot. These guys take the time. There's years and years of research and design and how to create the most comfortable boot. Go check out Lather Up and Sons. Last but not least, Vortex Optics. These guys have some of the best glass in the industry. Binoculars, rangefinders, spotter scopes. We love them. We've got it on our rifles. We use their rangefinder all the time. They also make clothing lines every quarter. James and I are practically wearing a piece of Vortex apparel every day. Everything is high quality. They come out with new items usually every quarter. So spring, summer, winter, fall, they've got new lines and new clothing coming out. Check this stuff out. And if you want to save yourself 20%, head over to Vortex.com, head to the apparel page, and save 20% with TFC20. All right, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Um, we're recording this end of January. I know this goes out a little later. So I'm for the first time outside uh, in a long time seeing snow come down here in Michigan. It's been warm, uh, which is a bummer. 
Um, so I have today Sam Sohot on. Uh, Sam, you want to like introduce yourself, what you do, um, that kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah. My name is Sam Soholt. I am a professional photographer, videographer, and as of lately, public land advocate over the last five years. And typically, my years look like being a fully nomadic vagabond traveling around <laughs> in the van. Coat. In the van or in the bus or in the in my truck, whatever whatever rig I can get my hands on, as long as I got the rubber side down, it get me gets me down the road. That's all I need. <laughs> uh, um, but no, I uh, I spend as many days as humanly possible in the woods every year. A lot of that is collecting and creating content for various brands in the outdoor hunting space. Um, but mostly, I just uh, chose a camera based profession because it allows me to hunt way more. Yeah. Well, and I, I've been seeing, have you, you've been hunting as of lately still, right? Like, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my, so if we didn't, if I didn't, if I didn't travel enough, my wife started doing travel occupational therapy. So, um, <laughs> we have been, this is her second rotation. Uh, the first one was in Idaho and so we were in Idaho falls for a few months. And then, um, she had a, about a month in between jobs when we were, we went back to North Dakota and, um, saw family and friends and I did, a, I, was, I was doing a bunch of hunting at the time. So she was just kind of bounced around seeing everybody. And then uh, her next rotation has been here in Missouri. And so we've been in uh, the St. Joseph, Missouri area for the last few months. So yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the deer season, I couldn't talk myself out of buying a uh, late season deer tag in Missouri. <laughs> so uh, it ended on Sunday, the 15th. And I didn't end up killing a deer, but I was able to hunt another, you know, like five, six days while I was down. Here. Totally it worth great. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it comes this time of year, but by the way, quite a life you've carved out for yourself. That's uh pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, when it's pretty funny. It's um, when, you know, living in the van or living in the bus or whatever, my brother, <laughs> my brother came up with the best slogan for it. It was homeless by choice, not by choices. That's right. My choice. Right? Not my choices. That's, I like that. Uh, yeah, no, it, it looks like you're having fun. Uh, and you know, at this time of year, um, I'd go buy an out-of-state tag just to get a couple extra. Cause it's like, now it's been a couple of weeks since I've been hunting. I've been still, I've been doing a little small game and I went and looked for sheds once and they didn't find anything. So I don't broadcast it. Yep. Cause I don't want people to know how bad I am at just finding them in the woods. <laughs> you know, uh, there was somebody who you know, everyone's obviously like every year gets earlier. Everyone gets all fired up about the next thing. Right. You know, yeah. so it was like Christmas hit. People started talking about sheds. And, <laughs> and so uh, somebody had posted the other day about like, you know, just not too long and be start, you know, looking for some of these and somebody holding the shed. <laughs> and uh, I had commented and I was like, I don't know. Everybody's waiting. I've been looking, I've been shed hunting for weeks. Haven't found any yet, but you just got to keep grinding. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I was like, I just wish there was a sarcasm font. For yeah. Right. Stuff. Cause like, you know, it's like, you can go walk around in the woods. It's okay. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, so you're, so you are um, North Dakota based currently, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, um, I was a Montana resident for a lot of years and uh, my wife was in grad school in North Dakota, and um, and then she took a full time job back in the Fargo uh, at the hospital in Fargo. So we moved back to where both of us went to college, and and uh, and now have a 
uh, we bought a house there, which is now an Airbnb. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I bought a house to be more nomadic, which was, has been great. Yeah. You get somebody. Uh, yeah, exactly. My brothers do the same thing. He's leaving for like six weeks to Texas and the Airbnbs and his place out in the meantime. So, I mean, if yeah. you can make it work, it's pretty sweet. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But North Dakota base at the moment, and then just hopping around the country, uh, following my wife around while she chases her dream of doing travel OT. And I get, you know, it doesn't really matter where I live. As long as there's uh woods and water, I can go out and shoot photos and spend time doing what I do. Yeah. That's, that's sweet. So yeah. over the last year, so I have two questions. One I told you about ahead of time. One I haven't told you about yet. Okay. The first is, so you, you do a lot, you're traveling a lot, you're doing a lot of hunting people who have followed you um, can see you've been Alaska to you know all over the place. Right. Like what's your, if you had to pick, you could only do one hunt in a year. Like you couldn't do, you had, you know, everything else stripped away. You got to do one hunt. What would it be? Uh, family whitetail camp. Would family be. whitetail camp. Yeah. Yeah. We started, um, and I didn't, we didn't do it growing up. Like, you know, we, we honestly didn't do a ton of deer hunting growing up, but over the last, uh, I'm trying to think of what year was the first year we did like the, the deer camp. It was, it was probably 2000. 17, 16, 17, somewhere in there, we kind of started having more of a, like a family week where we yeah. do, you know, a week or two a year where we get, it's typically my dad, brother, uncle, and me. And then now my brother-in-law is in the fold. He started archery hunting too. So nice, nice. four or five of us every year doing this thing, but man, that, that trumps everything else. It's uh, just like looking forward to that, like yearly tradition. And like, we now have a name for the the camp, um, you know, like, and we have like a trophy that we give out and like, we, Oh, wow. You know, okay. Like since we, my brother and I own a shirt company, like we make custom, you know, t-shirts and hoodies for the, the year each year. So it's been uh, like, that is, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. It's, it's usually a theme too. When favorite hunts usually have something to do with who you're hunting with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. The other question, which I didn't tell you about ahead of time, the question of the month. So this has ranged from silly to absurd to just, you know, nice. This is more of a nice question. The other ones were like, what's a piece of gear in your pack that you carry that you don't ever use? Or, you know, what's your least favorite hunt? Or if you could have one superpower for hunting, it could smell, see, or hear you. You know, those are things we've discussed. Right now, I want to know, what was your hunting highlight from last year, 2022? Oh, hunting highlight from 22. It's, you know, like your season technically what just ended, just ended. You just finished. Right. Yeah. yeah. So reflecting back. I what, think, yeah, it, it came, uh, Josh, my older brother and I did a, a Kodiak blacktail hunt. And I think that was probably the highlight of this year, which is like this year I was full of pretty awesome trips and, and, and a lot of cool stuff happened, but man, there was just something like the, we went up there, you know, you fly out to the boat, you hunt for, you know, like it was five or six days of hunting. Um, we filled three of the four deer tags that we had. And the last day, like the, the goal was kind of, we want to go up there. We wanted to try to fill our deer tags and then be able to go sea duck hunting. Yeah. And so the last day, even though I hadn't filled my second deer tag, uh, I was like, let's go duck hunt. Like that's, you know, like, you know, it was a really hard choice, but we kind of like motored our way back to Kodiak and like, I just wanted to, like, didn't want to go hunt more pressured deer. And it was like, let's, let's go duck hunting. It's kind of part of the reason we came up here. Right. And it was a like perfectly clear day. 
uh, light winds, which, you know, which we wish we would have had a little bit more wind, but we had lots of shooting all day. And there was a couple pods of whales in the bay with us as we're shooting sea ducks, we're shooting Harlequin and Scoters and Bufflehead. I mean, like, and uh, Barrow's Goldeneye. And then there's like, you know, some does walking around up on the hillside. There's whales like breaching, like in the bay, like that, like forever will be one of the coolest days of hunting I've ever experienced. Incredible. I don't know how many times Josh and I said it, just sitting there like, this is unreal. You know, like you're (laughs) you're sitting on the beach shooting ducks and just really enjoying the day and you got like all this whole scene unfolding in front of you is just very special time yeah i haven't done a lot of duck hunting um mostly just grew up never grew up knowing somebody but like the duck hunting that you see in coming out of alaska especially around kodiak is looks incredible well and it's so different than like what we grew up doing or what really anybody in the lower 48 grows up doing unless you live on the coast Cause when you're hunting like puddle ducks, if you're hunting mallards and, and whatever yeah. you are, you're focusing on the hide, you're focusing on the decoy setup, you're focused, like it's all of these little tiny details that lead to success, major scouting, whatever, you know, like we just like, they drove us out to a point, the guide, like the boat captain is a registered duck hunting guide. So he yeah. like hung out on the beach with us and had his little inflatable kayak that he'd go retrieve birds with and whatever. And you know, you string the decoys out a little bit or whatever, but we're just like sitting on a log, like on the beach, like not hiding at all. And then you have all these divers and, you know, sea ducks just come ripping into the decoys and stuff. It's just crazy. It was so much fun. Yeah. That looks, that's high on my list. I, we were looking at doing Kodiak this year. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have ducks like on, on the plan. Uh, yep. We had to push the plan off, but maybe we add it. I think you should add it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so this is the, you know, as you, I, I, I was telling you kind of the story series, um, we've had a good time just hearing people's stories from, you know, their family deer camp to crazy hunting stories to pooping in the woods with a, you know, Boone and Crockett buck right in front of you, a lot, lots of great stuff. Right. So the question I have for you is, you know, Sam, like when you think of a great hunting story, something that you've lived, uh, what comes to mind? I should have been more prepared for this question. I've been trying, you know, I've, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, have I didn't give time. you a lot of time. No, 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 it's okay. I have a hard time, you know, picking just one hunt. Um, but I think I'll just dive into one that's like fresh, like fresh in my mind. And I, you know, circle back to that family deer camp. And, yeah. and this year's was like, especially cool. Um, I had, uh, I didn't really know. I, I'm going to go back just a little bit. So, um, for the last five, six years, you know, like as my wife was in North Dakota at grad school or whatever, I was spending a lot of time back in North Dakota. And so I was driving West to go Western big game hunt elk, mule deer, whatever. So I, you know, for the last, I've been, been driving, you know, thousands of miles West to go hunt. Well, then this year I was like, okay, I live in North Dakota. I can just, uh, why don't I just whitetail hunt? I was like deer hunt this year. I'll mule deer hunt a whitetail hunt, but like, I'm just going to deer hunt I'll hunt closer by North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Minnesota, you know, like just kind of like hunt the big surrounding area, but not like do these major trips. Well, then sure. Ash, Ash got a job in Idaho and I had no elk tags, no mule deer tag in Idaho or Montana. And so <laughs> I was driving like my, you know, my first, well, I drove like eight hours to go antelope hunt, had to drive back East, which, you know, is, yeah, feels is, weird. And yeah. then had to drive like, well, it ended up being like 16 hours to go whitetail hunt. It's like, what am I, what am I doing? I'm driving East to go whitetail hunt. Um, 
and so uh, did a lot of whitetail hunting this year. And for me personally, the year was an absolute grind. Like I, I was in a tree or like 35 days. So, you know, probably 70 plus sits um, mm-hmm. before I finally connected on one, but that's not what made it special. What made it special was as we went into family deer camp, like I was like on the verge of losing my mind. <laughs> and, and when it all comes down to it, the, um, the area that we hunt, I've been able to spend a lot of time in and scout and put boots on the ground. And, you know, and then when it's family deer camp time, like I always pride myself in like, try, you know, like being able to like, okay, the wind's out of the Northwest. You're going to, you should go here. You go here. All right. the, you yep. know, kind of, you know, putting people in like, you know, directing and traffic and whatever. Um, so the first day of camp, uh, the wind was going to go do a full 180, like midday, you know, so it was like West wind in the morning and then East wind starting at about 11. And there's, I have one spot that I found like six years ago that is perfect for an East wind. It's like the only wind you can hunt it on. And, um, I always want my dad to, you know, get a, a bigger deer than it. You know, like I saw his love, like his excitement when he kills something. So last year and this year, same hole, same wind, same type of setup, uh, middle of the day. I was like, all right, grab your stuff. We're going to go in. Um, he hates heights. So typically he doesn't do a lot of tree stand hunting yeah. unless it's a ladder stand. And so we, um, we go into the spot, hike all the way in and I get this sticks hung and get the stand up there and, and uh, you know, get him all settled in. And I remember looking at my watch when I was um, walking out and there's a, you can kind of sneak out like through this big ditch on the way mm-hmm. out. Yep. Um, so looked at my watch, it was 1258. And I was like, all right, perfect. One o'clock. Hopefully he has a you know decent buck cruise by. And um, I got back to base camp or whatever, was hanging out and was just going to hop in the shower or whatever. And I got a text, <laughs> I got a text from my dad and he's like, I think I killed one. And it was like, it was, it was 125 at this point. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll, uh, you know, so I threw my gear back on and go in and, you know, the deer hadn't run more than 40 yards. And so we, uh, get him taken care of and rolled back out and into the truck and, you know, everyone's celebrating high five or whatever. So then the next day we, my uncle's in camp and I had a spot where the wind was going to be perfect for, we hadn't been in there that year, uh, hadn't been in there this year. And I, I was like, all right, you know, Jeff, we're going to get you in this tree. Um, Josh was rolling across the country, trying to get back to deer camp. Like, so you're kind of like showing up at a little bit different times. Yeah. And, uh, so we get in there and I will tell you, it was, uh, I've, I've never hung a louder stand. Like I've never had, (laughs) like, like it was one of those times where everything goes wrong. So the tree I'd originally chosen was too big around for the tree stand straps. So I got the, I got the ladder up. Uh, you know, it's one of those like piece together ladders, yep. which was already loud in the first place. So I'm like trying to be quiet, you know, <laughs> boom, gong, you know, <laughs> and uh, get the ladder up tree stand won't fit. So then I have to take the ladder back down after I tried to walk the 20 foot ladder. Sure. I, I was just going to ask if you did that. Yeah. Never <laughs> I tried. Right yeah. It never works. Take the ladder back apart, move like 10 yards, get it up this tree. Well, like the straps for whatever that ladder was, I don't know who makes it, but it's like wind chimes. Like if the, <laughs> if the little like class hit together, like, and my yep. uncle's holding the straps and walking behind me and it's like, ching, 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 ching. like it yep. literally sounds like a big wind chime. And I am just like 
this is not never going to work like this. Right. This is ridiculous. So much metal noise. Uh, And so get that stand hung, trim a couple shooting lanes as best I can by lean, you know, like I don't have my pole saw or anything. Anyway, trim a couple lanes (laughs) and I leave and it's about one in the afternoon and I go hop in another stand, um, which I'm pretty excited about. And uh, about, I don't know, 30 minutes later, I get a text from my dad and says hey where's the game cart i was like (laughs) well it's in the trailer uh i was like did jeff shoot something he's like yep we're going to get it i was like all right (laughs) i climbed back well at this time josh had just blown in met up with my dad and he threw his he's like i'll just we'll get the deer out i'll hop in the same stand as jeff was in so we we get in there we (laughs) park the truck i hear my uncle yelling like woohoo yeah you know like (laughs) up there we go in, we haul Jeff's deer out, get it gutted, back down to the truck. And then we go back and unload his deer. And then I, I had a spot that's really close. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to hop in here for like the last hour of the day. Right. And I drive out, hike into this little spot. It's this little hole in this timber hole where, you know, bucks will move through and check for does. Yeah. And I've got, it's middle of the rut bucks, like little bucks are running everywhere. There's a doe running around. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. And then I get a text, like a group text from Josh. It's like another one down. <laughs> and so, so he had climbed up in the same tree, killed one an hour, or an hour and a half after Jeff had shot one. And, then, and was, so, was he yelling around and everything in there? My too? Uncle? Oh yeah. yeah. Yelling around. Everyone's talking. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then I was like, all right, back to the truck, back to the cabin, back to, you know, like we go down Paul Josh's gear out. So then that night, we have an absolute, like it, it poured rain, but it's like 29 degrees. Okay. All right. And, and so we wake up the next morning to half inch, three quarters of an inch of ice on absolutely everything. There's trees are going down, branches are going down. So now it's turned like this quintessential rut hunt into kind of like a nightmare because you can't walk anywhere and then it got really cold you know typically after an ice storm a lot of times you'll have like a warm-up where everything will kind of break off no it dropped down to like seven degrees and everything just held and if you walked anywhere it sounded like you were breaking glass and (laughs) and so now now josh was like all right well like three of us you know our fellow take i'll just follow you around with the camera so uh it was too dangerous to get into a tree stand because like there were still tons of branches and trees falling down. Popping down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, we went back the, the first day we went back into that little hole where I'd had those little bucks running around and I just had a feeling that there was a good, a good deer in this, in this spot. And so we got in, got settled about an hour later. I did like a, I don't know if you ever do it, but I like to do like, try to be realistic on calling sequences. Mm-hmm. And it's the rut. So like, you know, there's deer chasing or whatever. Yep. So, oh yeah. So I was like, okay, I am just going to make like crazy amounts of noise and, you know, make it sound like there's a young buck chasing, you know, so I, I have it all on film. I'll never release it. Cause I look like an absolute idiot, <laughs> uh, but like I go out in this little hole and I'm running back and forth, you know, on the grunt tube, making lots of noise, do like a rattle sequence and then kind of tuck back into this little cedar tree. And I've got a heads up decoy on my bow. Yep. Uh, which I love, oh, really? yeah. Yeah, love yeah. to use it when I'm hunting from the ground. And um, about mm, probably half hour later that the big buck in that deal, or at least a big buck 
walked right into that opening, but just cutting through, he was just check, like coming to check yeah. on that noise. And I get drawn back and I had, I misjudged yardage a little bit, but not, you know, not by enough to miss as bad as I did. <laughs> and so what happened, what happened is I had that decoy on and the antler on the decoy was hitting the uh, cedar bow above my head. Oh, sure. So it was yeah. pushing my bow down just a little bit. And so even though I was on him, when I released it, pushed the bow down and left. And I just, I, I mean, he was like a, probably a mid one fifties deer, like would have been one of my biggest deer ever. And I just absolutely whiffed, oh. and, <laughs> absolutely oh. whiffed. And so at this point, like you can't hunt the trees. It's hard to go anywhere without making massive amounts of noise. Yeah. I'm like, and at this point I'm like over 30 days into you know, like <laughs> yeah. whitetail hunting and losing my mind. And so, uh, didn't kill anything, um, the next day. And, uh, finally like, I was okay, well, we're just going to go into this spot. Um, it's a little spot that we call the rooster stand. Um, and I was like, we're just going to go into the rooster stand. We know that there's typically deer that transition through that area, you know, like there's some does that kind of live in there, but like, you know, typically it's a, it's a good spot for bucks. Like they come check it and then yeah. they leave. So man, we get in there and it's 15, 16 degrees winds blowing. You walking in and literally sounds like you're walking. Like it's like, uh, in die hard when he's walking across the glass, like, just, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just loud and we get in there. We already have a stand in the tree, but have to hang one for Josh. Cause he's going to film. Right. And so I get up, get a stand hung and I hung it a little bit too high. So he couldn't stand. He had to sit. Um, oh, sure. It was like about, you know, I was like, dang it. You know, I kind of messed it up, but anyway. Um, and then, and then the stand that we hung had been left outside in the rain and he didn't have his outer layer on yet. So we get up there, he sits down and it was ice and then he melted it. So his ass was all wet <laughs> so it's cold <laughs> he's wet like frozen to the tree stand basically and like i think i even said like well this isn't gonna work like how loud we were getting in there it's like i was just like kind of demoralized and i was like well let's just sit it out i guess you know and um eventually just caught a little bit of movement and it was a doe and and then it sound like you couldn't see it but it sounded like there may have been something chasing her around a little bit or she like kind of ran like it kind of like looked like maybe there was another deer with her and uh so i let out some soft grunts just to see if i could you know maybe like pull that buck if there was a buck with her pull the buck in and i don't know if you've seen this before but it's probably the fourth or fifth time that i've had it happen and i guarantee that this doe ran a screenplay like i have had doe like when a doe is feeling harassed mm -hmm. i have had does i think they know that the hunter is there or they like like oh they they think they hear another buck and they're like oh i just gotta get this buck off me you know and like they'll yeah they'll drag the buck past wherever the sound came from because they're like i'm just tired of dealing with this and like right hopefully he'll get in a fight like and be distracted and leave yeah so yeah. the doe comes out there's a little path out in front of the stand and she comes into the opening and then bounds past like you know where we're sitting and then interesting he walks down the trail stops in a scrape i come to full draw and then he proceeds to I, I was like oh he's just gonna like follow her right through the opening and i'll shoot him at 15 yards and he proceeds to stand there facing me 
for I was at full draw for over two minutes. Really? Until he finally he was like messing around, eating a leaf, like just like taking his sweet time. Right. Yeah. Finally turned sideways, and I was able to get a a good shot off on him, and he he ran off and died. But like that morning sucked so bad until it didn't. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, that's my that's you know my most recent favorite hunting story because it was just like even if I hadn't shot one, like the fact that I was able to hang stands in these places for like the rest of the crew to like have success and like be part yeah. of this whole thing. Like I, to me, that is so much cooler than just going out and shooting something. Well, it's kind of validating your skills, right? You know, it shows that you're part, part of hunting too, is just like being good at it. Like I like the practice and like the challenge of trying to be good at figuring out where deer go. Yeah. It's just this constant. And that's the best part is it's a constant puzzle that you're just trying to find those pieces that all fit together. And more times than not, I feel like I'm really bad at being, you know, putting a puzzle. (laughs) Right. But but when it does, man, it's just, there's something so satisfying about like when it all goes right. Yeah. And just been like, yeah, just knowing that you kind of figured it out. Um, or maybe you were just totally lucky. You know, I always, (laughs) you know, yeah. You know, and you, you mentioned, uh, making noise when you rattle, uh, Jared, uh, my, you know, partner in at the fair and the Fred chase, uh, he has what we call the patented buck run that, mm-hmm. you know, he's been doing it's the same deal. Like he'll gr- like, you know, the soft, yeah, and, and he'll run around the woods and just plop down and dude, deer, deer will come to that noise. Yeah. Cause like, of course, like, of course it sounds like that when a deer runs through the woods, like they're not silent and just grunting and not moving at all. No. And when they're chasing like that time of year, man, yeah. it is loud. You can hear them coming from a long way off, you know, yep. it's crunching leaves and breaking branches. And they're, you know, they're not worried about sneaking through the woods. Like, um, there was some guys from when I worked at Midwest whitetail way back in the day, there were some guys from Wisconsin that I don't know if they called it this, maybe that's just what we call it, but it, it was the, the Schleter brothers and we call it the Schleter shuffle. Cause they would be, <laughs> there'd be one of them that was the, you know, one of them would be on the bow. Yeah. And the other one would be on the antlers and the, he'd be rattling, running around, breaking sticks, stomping, doing everything, you know, and then would come back and get behind the camera. And it was, it worked like the, you know, those guys had lots of success just making that noise. I mean, like, I can't tell you how many stories I have of like deer coming to noise. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's funny how it goes. And, you know, you couple that with the fact that just because it feels like you're out, uh, you know, bad conditions made too much noise getting in. It just, ne- you never know what happened, what's going to happen out there. That's right. Yeah. What yeah. were the dates for the, for this? Uh, November 9th through the 12th. Well, like, yeah. Uh, first year was killed on the 9th. Last year was killed on the 12th. So we did it pretty quick. This yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, yeah. And that's yeah. how it goes for those kinds of things that those yeah. little windows, that's one of my favorite couple day periods of the whole year. It's, right yeah. in that mid- yeah hour. there's all there's tons of people that are always like you know the 7th of november is like the best day and i'm I, like the 10th through the 12th has always been my favorite or 10 yeah yeah 10th 11th yeah somewhere in there um just that the same here it, it, time period yeah exactly it, it, like ours abruptly ends uh the the great hunting on the 15th of november just because then gun season starts and mm-hmm. it's still i mean it's still great i love to gun gun hunt but like that pure rut un kind of unadulterated rut with nothing else affecting it as much uh, yeah. is, is sweet right up until then, at least by us quite a bit. Yeah. Although, you know, and I was just, just did a podcast with somebody else about this, but 
the late season has proven to be a fantastic time to hunt the rut. Uh, like I hunted rutting bucks, chasing bucks through Christmas this year. Really? Yep. Like I got them and I I would get them on camera too. I got a, through it with a throw a cell cam out and you'd see does run by and then you could just see a buck head down grunting running through it was like one of the videos was the 17th or 18th of december that's crazy just moving through picking up those last few does and estrus they come you know it's a cycle so they come back around and so you know i like i said I, i just talked about this but it's like all i did i started seeing it i'm like i wonder how long this will go you know, and yeah. so I just kept finding this group, one or a couple of groups of does, follow them around and just kind of hunt where I kind of think they're going. And there would just be different bucks cruising through, just checking like yeah. big one, like the biggest buck I had ever shot. I shot this year. I didn't recover, uh, but it was the for end of the, it was like the 6th, 7th of December. Okay. Uh, he yeah. had been shot already on one side and he was three-legged chasing does December, you know, like I said, six, seven, seven, oh, something man. like that. Yeah. Well, I'm bummed he didn't get him, but that's, you know, it's, it's fun to still learn and just see that, yeah. you know, like I said, what, what the rut looks like, but yep. well, Hey, um, you know, I know we're coming up on time here, uh, but you know, I want to make sure people follow you because you do yeah. some really great stuff. Uh, you put out great media. Um, so for people who want to check you out and, and give you a follow, where can they do that? Uh, so Instagram is probably the best, which is just at Sam Solholt. Uh, if you want to follow along with anything we're doing on the conservation side, it's at Public Land Tees, which is our um, apparel brand, which five bucks from every item we sell, we donate back to different conservation initiatives. Um, yeah, we do a lot of kind of creative ways to raise money for conservation over there. The stamp so, stuff was is yeah, fun. You know? Yeah, the duck stamp thing went awesome this year, you know, in a single like round this year, we raised 50 grand. Uh, for the ducks uh, buying duck stamps, which is phenomenal because 98% of that money goes right back to the ground, which is uh, a pretty huge deal. Yeah, that's cool. Well, everybody check him out. You're doing really cool stuff, Sam. It's fun to follow you. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll stay in touch here. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really helps us out. Keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it, five stars. That'd Helps cool. everyone out. We'll see you out there.